0: Welcome to Saving America for this edition, our second uh, show after our break in beginning our uh, third season of Saving America. And we've got a, a very positive show for you today. Uh, We're going to be talking in the news about the hypocrisy of keeping January 6th participants in jail while letting criminals throughout the U.S. out on the streets. Uh, Rumor of the week is half, half of the unemployment money uh, designed to help the United States recover from the pandemic has been stolen by terrorists and others. And on positive note, we've got just the facts with my colleague Dr. Heather Williamson out of the greater Richmond, Virginia area. She heads up the Transformation Group and her latest achievement is a number one bestseller, so look forward to that. Uh, Without delay, let's get down to what's happening in the United States. There's a tremendous amount of hypocrisy going on where we are locking up nonviolent protesters at the Capitol from January 6th, are still in jail months and months later, while many violent criminals have been let loose on our streets. And I recently reported another Saving America that in Portland, Oregon, over half of the people arrested for burning down federal buildings for causing significant harm have been released without charges and yet we have an 18-year-old high school senior. We have a 70-year-old Virginia farmer with no criminal record. These people are locked up under conditions that would be well in line with the old days of Soviet Russia and the current days of CCP concentration camps. Yes, folks, we are not honoring the American tradition of justice, equal justice for all. So what are we doing about this? Well. Part of the excuse is is that most of the judges in DC have been appointed in the liberal direction and are listening to the left-leaning Department of Justice. I don't care about that explanation. I care about the fact that we have a responsibility, especially at the federal justice level, to have equal justice across the United States. If a nonviolent offender in Portland is released on their own recognizance, a nonviolent offender from January 6th in Washington, DC, needs to be released immediately on their own recognizance. I'm not forgiving any crimes. People who went into the Capitol without permission were at a minimum trespassers. They may have violated other federal statutes. That needs to be prosecuted, but we need to be consistent. If people burn down a federal building or attempted to burn down a federal building in Portland, Oregon or Seattle or Minneapolis, they need to be administered the same level of criminal justice. This is not complicated. Interesting little sidelight on this is that uh, the failed mayor of Houston, uh, Sly Turner and some of his other buddies of failed American cities have risen up in the last couple of days and said, oh my goodness, uh, we've got to pass uh, some laws against guns, uh, of course, uh, notwithstanding the fact that virtually all of the laws that get passed like this are violations of the Second Amendment, don't clear uh, the appellate courts, much less the Supreme Court, and they fail to focus on a fundamental issue. During the last 18 months, the United States has dumped a ridiculous number of criminals, many of whom were murderers, rapists, and armed robbers. Onto the community. And these uh, folks are saying, well, gee, if we get a get out of jail free card and we get to do all these bad things, we can just keep on doing those bad things, why not? So I call on these mayors to get smart, stop blaming guns, stop blaming others. Uh, Interestingly, uh, Sly did a presentation against Sly Turner uh, from Houston, uh, did a a newscast uh, about a week ago, news uh, press conference and said it isn't his fault. Well, guess what, buddy? If you're in charge of one of the largest cities in America and the crime is running out of control, it's your fault. You need to tell the people that work for you to get to work, arrest people, put them in jail, and at least require them to pay bond to get out of jail so hopefully they'll show up. Start doing your job. American mayors. And I think the American people will feel safer. Moving on to Rumor of the Week, this is a pretty stunning statistic. It is estimated that as much as half of the pandemic uh, money that was allocated to help uh, unemployed people recover from the uh, loss of work during the pandemic has been stolen, and it could amount to 400 billion dollars of yours and my tax dollars. This is a ludicrous situation. One, there needs to be a thorough investigation. Frankly, I think some people need to start going to jail here in the United States. And uh, they say that much of that money has ended up in China, Nigeria, and Russia. How wonderful for them. But it was supposed to be spent here in the United States, by Americans who need that money and who need it to pay their bills, to pay their rent and to buy groceries. So let's get it together. Let's stop wasting tax dollars. And um, this is a matter of national security that uh, other countries can reach into our pocketbook and steal such enormous sums of money. And uh, we need to get to the bottom of that situation. So again, rumor of the week is that over half of the pandemic enhanced unemployment benefits have been wasted. We have with us Dr. Heather Williamson who heads up the Transformation Group. Uh, For the past 13 years, she's worked with a diverse array of clients in an effort to provide the highest quality executive coaching. And uh, we've also learned that Heather has a book out, and it is a number one bestseller. It's called Magnetic Trust. Which is PhD in psychology, and we are so delighted to have you with us today on Saving America.
1: Thank you, David, for having me as a guest. I'm excited.
0: And I don't know if we're allowed to say this, but I mean, I have known you for uh, uh, probably all 13 years that you mentioned because we got connected in 0607, I think, in Richmond through business networking, and yeah. uh, we've stayed in the, in contact during all this time. So just a, a delightful get a chance to have you on our program today. And let's start by talking about your book, Magnetic Trust, how great leaders keep top performers and get extraordinary results. And that sounds like the cure to every management problem.
1: <laughs> well, this book actually is based upon uh, an experience of having a really horrible boss. And so I decided to write this book um, it's based on my dissertation, and it really focuses on how to build trust as a leader with your employees. And I have eight roles. I also interviewed executives from different industries because I thought that would provide value to the readers. And it really does provide you a step-by-step um, path if you are interested in building trust.
0: Well, that sounds wonderful. Tell us a little bit about your your eight steps.
1: So I have ruled their rules in in the book. Rule one is to be authentic. Rule two is to be predictable when it comes to leadership. Rule three is to be transparent. Rule four is to exhibit ethics, which I know you talk about a lot in your podcast. Uh, rule five is communicate, 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 because that is the number one challenge I have found in organizations. Rule six is own it, don't blame it, you know, blaming it on others. And rule seven is to really uh, show competence that you know what you're doing. And rule eight is do not play favorites with your people.
0: Well, That's that sounds like a, a wonderful list. And uh, as you know, yes, ethics is a, is a big focus for me. And I think it's becoming um, a, kind of a, a standard in America with the focus on ESG.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, you know, there's, there, there, there that part I think is, is coming around. It's interesting because, in and I started in corporate America. I worked for some very large corporations. And it's interesting because I remember several of my early bosses, Talked about their favorite thing was management by exception, meaning as long as you put your head down and you got your job done, you had virtually no interaction with your boss. And I take it that would not fit with your model.
1: No, I'm all about making yourself visible, uh, especially if you are wanting opportunities down the road. You you really got to show what makes you unique as an employee, and really in a sense, kind of worthy of that opportunity, that promotion that comes down the road. I'm, I'm all about, I mean, I've always been a high performer, so type A personality. So I'm always about, you know, what can I do to better myself? And that's kind of mindset I have with, uh, when I work with executives as well.
0: And, it, and it's, it's, it's hard to interact with a boss who doesn't give you those expectations and doesn't provide regular feedback
1: Exactly. It it really makes it challenging. And then especially if uh, when it comes to the yearly review and your your boss hasn't given you any feedback throughout the year, uh, I'm a big proponent of at least meeting individually, at least twice a month, every other week, just to kind of figure out okay what challenges that exist that you need that one on one help with. And then having team meetings, especially these days since a lot of people are working virtually. I mean, having a team meeting every day, first thing in the morning, just say, hey, this is the focus that we're having. You know, what overall challenges are you experiencing? What successes have you had? I think it's really important to identify successes so people, you know, get motivated and, and see that they are accomplishing things. And it's also a way to hold your people accountable.
0: Absolutely. And, and accountability is, a, is an important piece of things. A lot of people are on annual evals with raises and so it, it can be a rude surprise to get to the end of a whole year and be told well you did sort of okay you get a two percent raise and you know some other people got a four or five percent raise so it's a uh, it's useful to give everybody that opportunity to move forward and uh and and participate Um, let's switch gears a little bit and uh uh How do you do this when you've got a virtual workforce? We've all come out of a period of virtual workforce. I'm still teaching online through the end of this this summer and uh, looking forward to getting back in the classroom in the fall. But uh, this has been a a close to an 18 month stretch by the end of this summer and um, you're not seeing your boss face to face.
1: Right, in person, face to face. I'm a strong believer that yes, you've got to stay in touch with your team. So, like I shared before, you need to at least be having team meetings, whether it's via the phone or via video video conferencing, like what we're doing, and really um, share what the plan of the day is. You know, have your people share what they're going to be doing and uh, what the objectives are so everybody's on the same page. So, we are setting expectations. And then they can provide project status updates. And then when you have your one-on-one meeting, which like I shared, it should be frequent as well, at least once a week or every other week. And this is really the focus on, on challenges, not what specifically they're doing, because you already had that in the team meeting. And when it comes to um, you know that communication, it's also the focus isn't how many hours am I sitting at my computer? Some people are, have systems, you know, they monitor how long the computer, it might be idle. And then you have people fear, well, I can't go to the bathroom because my computer's going to be sitting too long. Or, mm-hmm. you know, God forbid I take a 30 minute lunch. Um, so really, I think the focus, it's a mindset change where it should be on the output. What is happening, not how long they're sitting at the computer. Because people That's are putting absolutely- in a whole lot more hours nowadays.
0: Sounds like great advice, and uh, we're a little short on time. Let's talk just for a few minutes about any clues or tips that you have for hiring the right talent, and I'm a big fan of this, Heather, because we, uh, you know, I tell employers, be careful the way you hire, because most of the time, you know, I deal as an attorney consultant to employers uh, with terminations and discipline, and a lot of times they hired the wrong person,
1: yeah, you need to identify what your company's core values are, and, and you know, whether it's integrity, respect, excellence, and make sure that you are aligning those core values with the person that you're hiring, and it's really an easy way to do this is think about a uh, picture in your mind, identify what that great talent looks like, you know, what skills do they have, what experiences do they have, what about, um, What uh, opportunities are you looking for in that person? Uh, What attributes? What do they care about? And then, you know, you can also tie this to your top performers. You know, what makes them a top performer? And then identify those attributes. And then you can use that to match up to that person. Of course, assessments are always great as well to just clarify and confirm. And we offer assessments as well. So to help with that.
0: That sounds great. Dr. Heather Williamson, it's been great having you on Saving America this week. If people uh, watching our show today would like more information, where's the best place to go?
1: The best place, obviously, is to go to my website, which is transformationgroupllc.com. Uh, you can also get my book at Amazon. It is there under Dr. Heather Williamson. And there is, uh, oh, I have a YouTube channel, which is Dr. Heather Williamson, where I share leadership tips to help. Uh, bosses be more successful.
0: Sounds great. Thank you so much for joining us today, and I wish you continued good luck.
1: Thank you. Have a great day.